chapter 2. There's some notes in the back, outline if you'd like to uh, follow along. So we're going to be going here. Is, um, going to visit the Christmas story, of course, just like uh, you've heard many, many, many times. But you know something that I love about this Bible? Every time you read it, it comes out different. Every time you read the same thing, but it's always different. The Lord has a plan, and I hope what we're going to try to show you here is how wonderful our God is, how marvelous, how nothing was by accident, nothing. How we're going to see in this chapter 2, again, it should get notes on the outline there, we see, we're going to see a couple main topics through this too. This is the story of the Magi. We know, generally, quote, there's two Christmas stories, one with Joseph, the angels, the shepherds, then we go to Matthew, and we get another breakdown story. It's just, it's the same story from a different perspective. But this one is from the, how the Gentiles are going to come and honor God and just worship Him, much like we're supposed to do today. But anyway, turn in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read this whole entire chapter because I know you haven't read it in a long time. And then we're going to pray and we're going to jump into uh, what the Lord has for us. All right, Matthew chapter 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star. And that's something we're going to focus on a little bit. His star in the east. And are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, much like today. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Verse 5, And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not thou least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor, a ruler, that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise man, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and we have found him. Bring me word again. I may also come and worship him. <laughs> right. Verse 10, when they saw the star, no, excuse me, verse 9, when they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star again, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. <laughs> Wouldn't you? And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child would marry his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed unto their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there till I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled that was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Another prophecy fulfilled. 
then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked, fooled of the wise men, that he was exceedingly wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and all the coast thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently acquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel reaping for her children, and he would not be comforted, because they are not. Another prophecy fulfilled. But when Herod, verse 19, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise again, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose, and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. And when he had heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. Plural. He shall be called a Nazarene. So look, Lord, in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, Father, we thank you so much for this story. Lord, we thank you for your power and your might. Father, we thank you that you sent your son, born of a woman, to die amongst us, Father, to redeem us and save us and give us a hope. Father, we just ask now that you give us ears to hear. Father, you give us a heart to understand what you have to say for us. Even now, Father, I ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, to give you a little background, the history is something like almost everything we miss. A lot of times we read the Bible sometimes, and the story is what was actually going on at that time. See, we live in our times. We have Biden, President, and Lord Newsom. I call him Lord Nuisance. As our governor. But see, we have all these politics and all these things. And as we start to look back in the paper, even like we look at what started World War I, what started all these wars, and all the intrigue and the political and the backbiting, well, boy, do we ever have it here. Between Herod, between the Romans, now we're going to have the wise men, which are coming from basically Iran, Persia. A lot of the same key players still today. And the one thing in common with all of this is Jesus. As we have Jesus. But as we, can, as we look and start outlining this chapter, there's two main things I get out of it. If you've seen your notes, as we see the first thing is the dream. We have the Lord coming in dreams to people. He's not coming up to him. Remember, he's coming to Joseph in a dream. In a dream, he came to Joseph. Remember, Joseph's thinking, well, how did my wife get pregnant? In the story of Luke, angel came to him. Angel told him. Angel told him a dream, a dream, a dream, a dream. Right? God also chose a dream for the wise men. He gave them their advice and their warning. And we see this. And what was kind of amazing is the word to use here as dream is not the regular dream. It's a different. It's like a revelation that God gives. And it's only used in Matthew. Only Matthew uses his word. God reveals himself through dreams. And remember Joel tells us that in the latter days your young men shall dream dreams. Your old men shall have visions. God is starting to fulfill this. And we're going to see so much fulfillment if the time gives us this is really like a two-part series, but I'm going to try to squeeze this into one. But we started with a dream. We see he has a dream to Joseph. We have the dream to the wise men. But God also warns in a dream, and he keeps doing it all the way through Scripture. And I like that. I just put a little note there just to reference. God's showing all this coming to a dream of how to come to Christ, how to worship Christ, how to follow him, how to find him. But you remember in his death, when Pilate was judging him, are you a king? Who said you're a king? 
And he's having this interrogation with Jesus. But right before the, the, the small verse in Matthew 27 where Pilate's wife comes to him and says, have nothing to do with this man. I was warned in a dream. See, God warns a lot of times to Gentiles, unsaved people. God gives dreams, and we see that. Nebuchadnezzar, remember his dreams? See, a lot of, a lot of times. Joseph, remember Pharaoh, his dreams? See, God uses God uses the power. Of, you know, his wisdom is beyond finding out. But as we're going to see some of the dreams here, the next that we see is the fulfillment of prophecy. And Matthew, I believe, is probably about 30, 35 times said, it is written, thus is fulfilled, thus is fulfilled, thus is fulfilled. If you remember your Gospels, Matthew is the Gospel of the King. Behold your King. Mark is the Gospel. He's a servant. He's a doulos. He came as a slave. He took on the form of a servant. Luke, and we see the genealogy. He's the son of man. He is a man. Pilate said, behold the man. And Luke takes his genealogy all the way down from Adam all the way through Joseph. And then John, in the beginning of the word. The Gospel of John shows Jesus as God, as the Messiah. Well, that's what Matthew's trying to do. Point him that he's the king, and he's going to reign, and he's going to rule. And so we see that written a few times. The first prophecy we see in Micah, in verse 5. He says, where? Micah tells us, this town. Hosea tells us where he's going to come from. The prophecy about coming out of Egypt in verse 15. Jeremiah tells us about Rama and the crying of the children. And I'm just a little side, I'm going to take you on these little side notes and come on back. But the, Rama is very interesting. Why God chose Rama? Rama and Samuel were born. Rama Saul. Rama's where they asked for a king. Rama did a lot of things, but Rama was also why Jeremiah quotes it. Because if you remember when they destroyed Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar wiped Babylon out. Nebuchadnezzar gave a specific command, you go take Jeremiah wherever he wants to go. Jeremiah went to Ramah. Basically where they took, when after they wiped Jerusalem out and it's a burning rubble and smoke and most of the survivors went to Ramah. And what do you think they were doing? Because when God said judge Jerusalem, he said spare not the old, spare not the young. Remember by the rivers of Babylon where we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Yea, blessed are those that cast kids. I mean, they're killing children. Ramah. They were crying because this is what happened right after the destruction of Babylon. So when you read that Ramah, there's wailing a nation and how they carry through the prophecy. But just give you a little background. That's why. Babylon just got wiped out. They were crying. There was a lot of death going on there. But then we see in Isaiah, verse 23, he fulfills it, that he's the rod, he's the stem from Jesse. He is the branch. And that's something very, very um, kind of hidden in the scenes here. When you see Nazarene, Think the branch. It's real, it's archaic in scripture, but as you study it down, you'll see. Because nowhere does the Bible at the end when it says the prophets. Every time we read four times, he says the prophet, it is written, it is written. A singular book, Jeremiah, Micah, Hosea, but not this time. Why would he say the prophets? Because we read all through the scriptures about Jesus being the branch. And Jeremiah and Isaiah, and they're talking. So now we have numerous books. You have Zechariah, and you see some of the references are referenced the man, the branch, and that's what the Nazarene is. Okay, we'll get some more history as we see at the time we start in, in uh, verse 1. It says, Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Gia in the days of Herod the king. Boy, were those some days. If any of you know any of your history on Herod, he was a wicked man. 
very wicked. Rain from about, I think it's about 44 B.C. to right about 40, about 40 year reign. But the evil that he did, everything about this man was evil. Just from the scripture, what he goes kills the children. But what we know in real life of him when retired that he actually had to buy and pay the title. He was called the king of the Jews. That was the title Rome gave him. And if you knew the politics back then, everybody came into power to cook, crook, deceit, bribery, just, I mean, the politics. If you ever read Josephus and read some of the writings, what was going on, you'll see how wicked this man was. But God chose to use him. But see, we complain about our times. Inflation's killing us. Our president, we, you know, all this, whether Trump or Biden or Obama, we have all these politics and we all, ah, that's what was happening to people at this time. It was a bad time to live. It really was. Between Rome and Herod, nobody had rights. Anyway, we see you have some of the history here. We see Herod died before we see right before, or right after Jesus was born. And, you know, just me in my mind, I'm thinking, God ain't going to allow two kings of the Jews on this earth. Even if you call himself one, there's not room for you. Herod was removed. Now there's only one. But if we see, I got some of his history there. We read about Archelaus, not so much, but Herod Antipas. He's usually the Herod that we read all through the scripture. As you're starting to go see Herod, when, when um, Jesus was coming up on the crucifixion, Pilate used that this, sort of that, that um, I don't know, the gimmick to try to relieve pressure to himself. He sent him to Herod, if you remember that. Herod was in town. Herod was looking forward to seeing Jesus. Thought he'd do a miracle, do some dance for him. But nevertheless, that was the Herod that ruled. We find out that later, some of the history of Herod, he wiped out his family, killed his father, father-in-law, killed his grandfather, killed his wife, killed his children. This was a wicked, wicked, wicked man. But at the same time, the politics of that time between the Sanhedrin and the scribes, and you'll see the chief priests and scribes, they're like glued to Herod. And if you knew the politics at the time, he actually killed the high priest, which was his wife's um, brother, which was a direct descendant from Julius Maccabees. So he, Herod was just bad every which way to Tuesday. But let's go on with our story. God is good. And we're going to pick it up. We're going to start with the wise men and see the request of them. But as far as Herod's, I forgot to give you this one. I, I can hardly read that. But if you can't see it, some of his answers to some of the history, some of his bylines, because there's more than one Herod. See, Herod was a title. And so you read Herod, sometimes we just think Herod. But you got all the way up to Herod Agrippa going into Acts, 40, 50 years. I mean, you got 80, almost 100 years of Herods. So there's more than one. So be careful when you read your Bible. There are more than here, just like Abimelech. You read the word Abimelech, we think it's one person. It's not. It's a title. So there's other Abimelechs. But either way, let's go on. We're going to start, and we're going to see what is... The request, what happened? So we came, we see the Bible tells a story that in the, when, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Now there's two Bethlehems, one to the north, one to the south. But this was Bethlehem, the house of David, the house of bread. And in verse 2, what we have is where we start going, saying, where is he that is born the king of the Jews? You know, just like today, people do not know where Jesus is at. You know how many people still don't know where the Lord's at. So they say, where is he that is born? King of the Jews. And this, as you see, is just kind of a big outward of Bethlehem. Been there once. And actually, it's a minute I'm going to try to get in there. That's outside of Bethlehem, um, 
that prophecy of Micah, and we're going to take a look at it for a second. And when that prophecy, of, in fact, let's just turn there now. Go to Micah um, chapter 5, verse 2. It actually starts at verse chapter 4, but turn to Micah. If you get there before me, I'll let you read it. Because I'm still turning. Micah 4. I'm going to pick it up. See this? Chapter 4 turns in front of me. Remember with the Bible, what happens a lot of times we read, and you go chapter 4 and then chapter 5, we think it stops. It doesn't. It's the same scroll reading through. We put the chapters in there, but the context stays all together. Well, we'll just, chapter 5, verse 1, Micah. Now gather thyself together, O troops, O daughter of troops. He should lay siege against us, and he shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon his cheek. Now there's, a, there's another prophetic word we know later in Pilate. They hit him with a rod. But verse 2, But thou Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth, which shall be a ruler to Israel, whose going forth have been from everlasting, even from old. But what God does, let me tie it back up, in, um, he's talking about in, verse, in chapter 4, verse 6, We'll back it up and then you'll see where it ties five. In that day, saith the Lord, Micah 4, 6, I will assemble her that halteth, I will gather her that is driven out, and her that I have afflicted. See, in that day is always future. And I will make her that halted a remnant, and her that was cast off a strong nation. God's promises. And the Lord shall reign over them from Mount Zion. From Verse 8. And thou, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Isaiah, Unto thee shall it come, even the first dominion, the kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. What is tower of the flock is where they put a tower. If you remember, uh, Bethlehem, they, they built tower as a watch. Bethlehem was a watch city from the south. So when people were coming up, army, it was another watchtower. That's when you see the watch or the tower. But they also is where they raised the sheep. They had been raising sheep there for a long time. Where was David from Bethlehem? What did David do? Tended the sheep. Well, this is where they raised the sheep for the sacrificial system. Jerusalem now is five, six miles to the north. So this is where all the sheep are coming. You're going to find various references to this. And so when he's telling the tower of the flock, the dominion shall come, the first kingdom. Now remember, when all the scribes and Pharisees came, demanded of him, when the kingdom of God come? Where's it at? Remember, they, they're expecting this dominion. They're expecting a kingdom. But they didn't see a spiritual kingdom. They're expecting a worldly kingdom. But see, this is God in his infinite, one of these obscure little verses that have so much implications. It's showing that Christ is going to come because if they had accepted him, if they remember when Pilate said, Behold your king? They wrote on the side, Behold the king of the Jews. And one of the saddest verses in all the Bibles when those scribes and Pharisees says, We have no king but Caesar. God said, Okay, you're right. I mean, they got, that's what they got. But see, dominion never took place. Now we're waiting for the second coming when he comes. But remember, he also says, the kingdom of God comes out without observation. You don't see it. Oh, it's there. It started in 18. Pick a date, pick a time, pick a place. No, Lord, the kingdom of God is within you. Why? Because all of us that have believed, all that accepted, we are now children of the king. But his kingdom is not of this earth. Remember, Jesus said, my kingdom was of this earth. We'd fight. But no, no, no. It's not. But see, just a little obscure verse. I just want to show you what God's how he's tying this to Micah, that Christ is coming, and also he's going to be rejected. He got smited with the rod. The dominion is gone. It, it didn't come to play. Now, he could have came. Remember, he rode in on that donkey. 
That was the kingdom. When he rode in that seventh day, and he said, the Pharisees told him to shut up. He goes, the rocks would cry. Because this verse is going to be fulfilled. This day, is this verse fulfilled in your ears? That was going to be fulfilled. Either they were going to sing Hosanna, or the rocks would. But see, they rejected him. Remember the Bible? The Bible also tells us in Malachi, when the last verse is, the God who you seek will suddenly appear in his temple. Another really obscure verse in John, it just says, Jesus walked through the temple, and he looked around, and he left. When he rode in, when he rode in on that donkey, he looked around, and he left. They didn't even know their own God arrived at the temple, just like Malachi had said. But let's go get back on. Back to Matthew. The wise men were asking. They came down and said, where is he born king of the Jews? You know why? Because people don't know Jesus. People don't know where he's at. People don't even know how to find him half the time unless God either A, reveals him or we tell him. But see, in this case, how did these wise saying they came saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Okay, how did these people from Persia know about Jesus? See, we call them the Magi. Magi, you know what Magi means? Magic. <laughs> Tough word, huh? Real tough translation. We call them the wise. Also, every time you read the scripture, wise men, that's the same word, magi. What the magi were, was we can trace them all the way back, and we should go take a look a little bit, but we know Daniel. When Daniel was you know, Belshazzar, when he first came in in that very first time, Nebuchadnezzar had a fit, going to wipe out all the wise men. Daniel said, hold on, I'll tell you your dream. Well, Nebuchadnezzar made him the chief magi. He was a chief. He was a number one magi, magician, not sorcerer. There's a lot of different things. But mostly the magi, what they mostly did, they weren't in magic and hex and spells. They were star watchers. They were in astrology. And I wish we really had time. We're going to dabble in it a little bit because when we see about this thing, we see about Jesus' star. We hear about the star of Bethlehem, star of wonder, star of light, star of royal beauty blight. How did that star get there? None other than God himself. Because they started saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Now, ain't that like the world? Go to the world for help. We go to psychologists. Oh, man, I wish I could stop doing this. Oh, you, you. We, we go to the world seeking the world's wisdom. But the world's wisdom comes from God. Because, see, they said, we saw his star. We've seen it in the east. And we come to worship him. So where do they naturally go? Now, if you saw that original caravan, remember the Magi, again, give you a little politics. I'll slide again. This is Iran. Roman, they made the, the when about 20 B.C. or so, they said, we, we conquered the world, it's all ours. Right? There's peace everywhere. But they can never conquer Persia. They've had a few battles. Um, I wouldn't say Titus. Well, they finally made a peace treaty. They, Persia couldn't conquer Roman. Rome couldn't conquer them. They're about the middle ground all along the Egypt, the river Euphrates. That was their southern end. They just couldn't conquer them. And much like today, Iran's a big, powerful nation. Persia is strong. Not strong enough to conquer, but strong enough not to be defeated. And they're kind of the same way there. Well, these men, they say, we've seen this star. We've come to worship. And how would the world know about that? Mainly because of Daniel. We, if you know the story of Daniel and as we follow it through, many a time, he gave interpretation, interpretation. The angels gave him the whole 70 weeks of Daniel. Now, if they knew the calendar of the 70th week of Daniel, and if you ever followed that out, the 69 weeks from the giving of the commandment, Xerxes, when he gave that commandment in Nehemiah, build 
Boom, the clock stopped right there. God said, tick, 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 tick. And Jesus one day said, go get me a donkey because it's 460 years now. Ding. And he rode in Jerusalem precisely to the day. God fulfilled the prophecy. If you've studied the Daniel in the 70 weeks. So where would these men know this stuff? From Daniel. It's only logical. He was the head chief in charge. Remember when um, the night Babylon fell? Belshazzar. Remember the handwriting on the wall? Meeny, meeny, tickle. You know, hey, what does that say? Just like now, people can't read. Well, Daniel was cast aside, but it was the grandmother. Herod's, Belshazzar's grandmother came in and said, hey, there's a little guy here. He used to run all the magi. He can interpret this for you. And Daniel again. So time and time again, Daniel's, we see Daniel giving interpretations. Well, if he was the big guy in charge, you think he didn't leave his record, leave notes, leave stuff that these people are following. That's how they know there was a star to come. Because we know the prophecy in Genesis. A star shall rise out of Jacob. See, the Messiah, they're always looking for the star, the Israeli flag. What is it? It's a star. The star from the temple in Capernaum, and they say, why is the star there? <laughs> because it's Jesus, right there in all the world to see. He's the bright, he's the morning star, right? He's the lily of the valley. Let's get going. So we found out when they came to worship in Aziz, they asked him, where is the king of the Jews? Do you think Herod knew? Well, it's lasting, but you know what the sad part was? Here's the sad part. In verse 4, And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and all the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. He doesn't know. He doesn't know Jesus. You know the world doesn't know our Jesus. They still don't. They said, where is he? Numbers. Remember Balaam? Remember the prophecy of Balaam? Balaam wasn't an Israeli. Balaam was also from a Midian, from that side. But Balaam said, I don't see him, but his star shall rise. And that was a prophecy from another unbelieving, ungenerous people telling us about the Messiah. It's going to come. Right? Jesus himself said in Revelation, he's the star. But the amazing thing about this star, there you go, is there... I don't want to dabble out here, but there is so much in the heavens. And if you read Psalm 19, and I believe this verse literally, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord and the firmament show of his handiwork. Night under night, there is no speech, no language, that his voice is not understood. You know God speaking. You know God has the whole entire salvation plan in the Zodiac. The, the Jewish call it the Mistroph, the 12th the Zodiac. Now, you dabble in there, we think we're going to, ah, devil's territory. Oh, no, it ain't. God wrote. You see that star right there, Pallades? It's mentioned in the book of Job, twice. It's mentioned in the book of Amos. In fact, let's go to Amos. I'll show you some stars here. Turn to Amos, uh, what is it, 5, 5, 8. And God asks this question. It's really amazing as we get into this. In Amos, chapter 5, verse 8. Now, again, I'm just going to sidetrack on stars for a second. Verse 8 says, Seek him that maketh the seven stars. Total accuracy. Total accuracy. And Orion. And turneth the shadow of death into morning. Isn't that what Jesus did? And maketh the day dark with night. And calleth for the waters of the sea. And poureth them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. Now, flip back. Turn to Job. Job chapter 9. 
where Job makes mentions of this again. Now there's two, I like this, there's two. First is Job's perspective. In chapter 9, Job, remember the Job's having this dialogue with his free, three friends, and we've got chapters of them going back and forth. But this is Job talking in chapter 9 now. And in verse 1 he says, and Job answered. And I love it. He has some really good wisdom uh, there, but let's pick it up in uh, verse 7. Job 9, verse 7. Which commandeth the sun, and it riseth not. Remember Joshua's longest day? He held that sun still. He can, God can do it. And sealeth up the stars. Sealeth the stars. You know, the Bible also says he called them all by name, every single one of them. Verse 8. Which alone spreadeth out the heavens and treadeth upon the waves of the sea. And verse 9, which maketh Arturios, Orion, and Pleiades in the chambers of the self. And again, there's so much wonderful here because the constellation does go down. There's constellation Virgo, which of all the times and figures is, what's the number thing of Virgo? The woman, she has the branch and the seed. Hey, it, it, these things are amazing. The other thing that's really, really amazing when you get into secular history is all these stars, they have names. And if you ever study through the Zodiac, and I'm, I'm, again, I say the Zodiac, I don't mean this astrology, you know, read your paper, you're going to meet somebody, you're going to get lucky, you're gonna, all this, and that, that's hogwash. That God says, don't go, don't go seek wizards that mutter and peep. No, 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 no. But God made the heavens, and he made them stars in the split-second accuracy. I mean, look, they, they can, wait, look at space shots within a second. They got to be with this thing to get this gravitation. I mean, the precision is so precise. But see, God called them. He says he names them all by name. Turn over to Job um, 38. This is where God's answer is Job back. You know, 38 or 39? 39. God answers Job and asks him if he, if yeah, I just lost my spot. But he's, got, he's asking Job, can you open the stars? Can you make them? Can you sing? But again, just a, a small thing, just from secular history, what, what's going on right now? Um, so I did, I'll be personally just a button say, there's absolutely no way in this planet, through this Bible, on any way, shape, or term, that Jesus Christ was born on December 25th. That did not happen. If you know some of the Babylon history, they had the mother and the child of religion, and Tammuz was raised and resurrected, and the Yule log, and all that, and that was all for the winter solstice. In Constantine's time is how they just took all the world, just plastered together, set it right on top of it, make all these pagan feasts, all these feasts, put them together, whatever's close together, we merge them. AKA, we still call it Easter, and I hate that word, because you know what Easter means? Ishtar. You know what Ishtar is? The goddess of love, Venus, Astroph. We associate our Lord Jesus Christ with that. So every single time you say the word Easter, you're mentioning a pagan deity. So know that. Just know that. And I know you hate to it. That is not popular or uncommon. But that's what it means. You go to Ishtar, Venus, Astroph, all those names, all those female goddesses, Ishtar. So, side trick on this one. Knowing God uses the firmament, God uses the handy, God declares his glory. And who is the glory of the Lord? You know, the Bible said, the glory of the Lord is none other than Jesus Christ. We beheld his glory as the only begotten. You read many times through the scripture of the Lord. But if the heavens declare the glory of the Lord, they're revealing Jesus Christ. Now, without being solid, but also using the Bible. If you ever follow the feast. Now, if God put those feasts in the Bible, we had the six feasts, we call them the spring feast. Of course, we know Passover. 
right? What a Pentecost, uh, fe or the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which runs concurrent, right? Passover. Jesus was our Passover, correct? He was the Lamb, take away the sin of the world. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that eateth of me, he is the unleavened bread. Then come what after that? The church, the Feast of Pentecost, 49 days. Priest goes out there wanting to get the bread with leaven, got ribbed, and he waves them in the morning. Okay, all those feasts were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Now we still have the fall feast. We have the Day of Atonement. We have the Feast of Trumpets. Now, to me, I think that's when Jesus was born. I can't give you the hunch, but there's just so much in the scripture. Shepherds in their flock at night. They ain't out there on December 25th, right? Now, September never that. It all makes perfect sense. It just fits. It just fits. Christ was born in September. Now, I would almost be so bold as to say he's probably on the Day of Atonement. I don't know. But see, then there's one more feast after these, and that's called the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles, where everyone has to leave and go gather in another house and live outside. The Lord's coming to call his own away. And we, we see all these feasts in, in times and shadows of Christ, but right now we're focusing on his birth. We've seen a star. We see that he is a king, because they came and said, where is he, the king of the Jews? Let's go to the second point, the reaction to Herod. See, Herod, he's disturbed. They didn't know what was going on. Do you remember when Jesus first came in your life? When you first asked the Lord to your heart? Do you remember the kind of the confusion? You didn't, yeah. <laughs> I know I was. Boy, I was like Sansom or, you know, when they pull the, they put the horses and they pull your arms. Like, the world's going to rip me off and Christ's going to, I'm glad I won that way. But there's so much confusion. But for the unbelievers, they only have fear. They only have fear. And for a man like Herod that had nothing, nobody loved this man. Even when he died. You know when he died, he commanded that they slaughter people just so they would cry? Upon his death. You, you could read this. Herod was just, ah, all he wanted was power and greed. And he got it. What did he gain? The whole world. And he lost everything. He lost it all. But he was disturbed. He couldn't, he couldn't understand it. But also all Jerusalem with him, you see. The people don't understand. You know the world don't understand what's going on here with Christ? They just know Christian baby and all. They don't understand the Savior of the world that's coming to be a king that made these heavens and made the stars and ruled them. It's just a little background on the star. If you read that for a second, I'll just keep on going. Just gives you a little comment of what God was doing in the heavens. These stars, the names the Arabs gave these stars, there's no way they could know these things. I mean, there's just I could hold a whole study on it. Maybe we'll get Kurt over here and have Kurt explain them to us. He's on the stars. But a lot of these things that you've heard, a lot of the stars and the zodiac you've heard, you've never connected them to Christ. But when you see, when you start getting into Arabic names for these stars, the pierced one, the deceiver, and all the way through, finally we get to go through that whole entire zodiac, what do we end up with? Lion, Leo, the tribe. And all these stars are all, they have, they're telling the gospel story. The gospel is in the stars. It really is. But, I go by what's written, not by what the, that. It's just, it just helps us one more a little bit. But see, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem. But you know what? In verse 3, he also demanded, where was, where was he going to be born? So he, and when he gathered the chief priests and the scribes, what a lovely bunch of people. What are the chief priests and the scribes and all the people together? See, everybody's feeding on Herod's table. The politics of the time, they ain't ready for Christ. They're not ready. You know the only people that knew Christ was coming? Do you guys know? Who can tell somebody? Name. There, there's a dozen characters involved in the Christmas story. 
Name me one. Name one. Anybody. Christmas story. There you go. That's one. Not another one? Shepherds. Shepherds. There's two. The angels. Well, yeah, I wouldn't think about them, but okay. Hmm? Well, that's a place. I mean, all the people. Who all the people involved in the Christmas story? All right, here. We got the wise men. We got Herod. Got all these scribes and Pharisees. Of course, Mary and Joseph. Couldn't have them without them, right? But there's also Elizabeth and Zechariah. Remember before? John the Baptist. They hook up together. Mary goes over to Elizabeth's house. And you know why Mary had to run over to Elizabeth's house? Because she was pregnant. And what would happen with a teenage girl nowadays who shows up pregnant? Now, back then, you show up pregnant, you're dead. They stone you. That's why Joseph was, what do I do? Mary whoop, took off and go up in the hill country and hide out. But she was there, but we had Anna. Remember Anna? Old lady. Old lady. Oh, at least, the Bible tells us 91, but it says about. So she's older than that. She came there. Right? Um. Was the, the Zacchaeus or Zacharias the priest? He showed up. All these different people. See, these people knew. Now, some of this were after, but before the fact, nobody knew. Just like now, Jesus is coming again. Do you think they're going to be ready for him? Are you? Can you see the? See, all this is the signs. We have these signs. The stars lined up. The star in Easter. Well, Jesus gave the signs. It's right here in the Bible. You know, God says He reveals the secrets to the prophets to us if you diligently. Study to show thyself approved, which appears to be tonight's sermon. I look forward to that. You have to study to show yourself. God puts these nuggets because you, you start taking these verses, and then when you start pulling them out and you lay them down, all of a sudden you see God's plan through the ages, much like this one. Now here's where the wise man finally popped up. But so he was disturbed, and he demanded, where's Jesus going to build more? He doesn't know. He does not know. But now we see verse 7. When Herod, when he had privately called the wise man. Now this is what snake in the sleazeball this guy is. I mean, he privately. Now, all the chief priests and scribes, he just got them out of there. Because Herod already knew what he was going to do. And we can see that through the scriptures. He knew. So he privately called the wise man and inquired. Inquired means he interrogated them. It's a word to be guilty like a lawyer. Where? Do, 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 do. Boy, Herod wanted to know. Boy, that sounds, sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Hey, where's he going to be born at? Privately, the wise man inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. Not where Jesus is at. Verse 8, And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word. I might also come back. <laughs> How many of you believe that? Herod, first off, Here's, here's how the world operates. Here's how the world operates. Oh, they all want Jesus. Christmas, man, we're going to see people here that you never see any other time of year. And don't knock, welcome them. Love them. Don't you wherever you all year, sinner. No, because now they can hear the word of God. I don't care if they come once a year, once for Passover, once for Christmas. Great. That's two times they heard the word of God that they would have never heard before. So encourage that, honor that. But see, people still don't know. They don't know the signs. They don't know what to look for. They don't even know what they're seeking. Now, the story of these wise men. See, a wise man. Now, what makes you wise? Following after Jesus. Do you know what they had to do? 
They started with the seeing the star in the east, knowing the prophecies. Well, that's a long walk. If you saw that original picture, it wasn't probably just, quote, three. And again, everyone says three, but only because based on the gift. The Bible does not tell us how many men. But we know there was a contingent. Because one, why would hair be feared? If three guys showed up, that wouldn't be no threat to you, would it? But if an army from Persia showed up, that's going to mean something. It's going to get your attention. Why do you think all Jerusalem troubled? Who's all these people? Right? So, but even then, they only saw the star. They only operated on a little bit of intelligence that they had. God, and we'll see even with Joseph. Look at Joseph's story. Flee to Egypt. Till I give you a word. How long is that? I don't know. Now, in, in, through secular history, it's anywhere from six months to six years. Because those are the silent years. We don't know exactly when he popped back up. But see, then when he did come up, then he starts walking, and when he gets to Jerusalem, he's supposed to go back. Where's he going back to? Bethlehem. What's all of a sudden? Another dream. Another. See, as you go, God will reveal it to you. He doesn't just say, okay, here's your life. Okay, no, you're going to die, and da-da-da. It doesn't operate like that. God gives us the wisdom we need at the time, and we, have, we walk by faith. Faith is like this. See, I'm going to trust that God's going to stop me before I step off. But I'm going to keep walking. And if I do fall off, then so be it. But see, that's why they were troubled. That's why they were upset. Because the world just doesn't wonder. But you know what? As we see, let's keep going on. See, Herod, he sneakily appeared to him and he sent him, go search for the child. And when he found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. How come Herod didn't get up now? Five miles. I mean, that guy built his fortress in Masada from, um, remember, um, Cleopatra, Egypt, Andy and Cleopatra, all that. They hated Herod, hated his guts, and he was feared him, so that's why he built Masada. That was a lot further than Bethlehem. He had to keep going a lot further south. Oh, he'd run there, but he ain't got time for Jesus. Get, bring me word again. You know, how many people we do that? What? Remember, remember the other Herod and Festus? Remember when Paul said, hey, I believe you know the scriptures. He said, tell me another time. Get back to me later. I, I, Jesus, I like that. Yeah, but yeah, talk to me about it later. Not now. See what Herod in the world does? That's how they operate. They ain't got time to get up. Get up and go to church? That ain't going to happen. Just not going to happen at all. But see, that was part of it. The star was a factor. Here's something. Again, I just got to keep backing up on the star. Do you remember when God made the heavens and the earth? What was the fourth day? Right? Let me read this to you. It's, again, sometimes these amazing little nuggets that God just plants in there, because you say you worship the stars and astrology, oh, that's all heathenistic. And Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> not at all. Not worship the stars. That's a whole other thing. But in Genesis, uh, and evening on the third day, in verse 14, or, or, for, Genesis 1.14, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Okay, simple enough, huh? And let them be for signs. Signs. The stars are for signs. God said right there when he made them. It's right there. He made it. It says, and when we start following the scripture too, and then when he starts the, the sign pointing to Jesus, the star of Jacob, the star shall rise, and all these things, all, already written. It was written in the stars. It really is. And, and when you start studying each one of those Capricorn, from Capricorn all the way down, and what the stars do in the gospel, it's an amazing story. Just the names of the stars. You go down, they're named, mostly the Arabics. Almost all the stars are named Arabic. 
Hebrews name some, but generally they just throw it up. And it's just, it's, a, it, it's mind-boggling. Who could perceive the mind of Christ to make our world so precise in the exact day, the exact time, the exact moment, the exact week, the exact hour? Much less fulfill prophecy. Much less, oh, I can't begin. Remember I, I told you, remember I said Revelation, if you go like this, you shake sevens out of the Bible? You shake more sevens out of Matthew. There are some just... When you go down, the, in just Matthew chapter 2, the 160, it's all, everything is divisible by seven. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. You just, who could do this except God? And it's just some of the behind the scenes. We're just reading the surface of it here. But let's go on before we keep getting sidetracked. Um, we see the rejoicing of the wise man, the star from Amos, and Job is telling us. If you look at your notes, see the branch foretold by Elzer in the ear of the corn, Virgo. See, it's a star. I, I just didn't have time. I had to sidetrack. There's, and just in the constellation, all these stories, just the names of them. You read the gospel story. The pierced one, the seeds, and it just goes down the verge. It's amazing. Uh, nobody can do this except God because he made the creation. He made the stars that are on their pinpoint accuracy. All right? So he is the branch. But let's see. What were they supposed to do? Worship. Worship. They worship Jesus. Let's see what they did. Let's go on. So Herod wanted to worship. And verse 9, when they heard the king, they departed. Boy, ain't that a good thing. When you listen to the world and you find out they ain't got nothing, get on out of there. Because you know what happens after they left? Watch this. When they heard the king departed, and lo. I like the way the Bible. You know how the Bible's got a, an explanation on an apostrophe and an apostrophe, and then the star with another apostrophe? You think that's by accident? I don't. God wants us to look, and lo, behold, the star which they saw in the east, went before them. In other words, they were following a star until they got to Herod. All of a sudden, it went dark. Ain't no wisdom in the world. They couldn't advise you. Oh, they'd give you a prophecy. You know. As soon as they left, there goes the star again. And it brought them right to where they wanted to be. And when, till it came and stood over where the young child was. Remember, God... You say, well, how could God do that? I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I don't know. Jesus came up out of water and a dove came down. Next thing I heard a voice, this is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. <laughs> what was that? See, when it comes to Jesus, God changes everything. There's, there's, we didn't understand the pattern. Like Peter says, that since the creation of the fathers, we just keep going on. Evolution just keeps on rolling and nothing changes. Oh, no, no. God will change it in a heartbeat in a moment. Just like that. But see, he reveals it to us. That's the thing. So they came, they worshipped, they saw the star, and they came to a flood in verse 10, and they saw the star. See, again, God's mentioned this star how many times? That's how important this is. And they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Wow, they, didn't, they weren't looking at Jesus, they were looking at the star. Well, they, you know why they were happy? One, they just walked three, four, five months, however long that journey is. I mean, you move that many people. It takes time to walk. It took them a while to get there. Then they get to run around, go to the governmental system, get to run around, get back on their journey. And they rejoice because God brought them all the way. God brought me one day to Calvary Communion Church, April 1982. I never heard the word of God in my life. I heard it that day. Walked out. Man, I saw a star and I rejoiced. I rejoiced greatly. See, they rejoiced when they saw it. Now, look at verse 11. And when they were coming to the house. Now, again, this is not what we do. 
I'd love to do the timeline, but we're running away down to three minutes, and I'm never going to get through this. Told you it's two-part series. But see, they came into the house. That's why we know Bethlehem and the manger ain't even close. One's a newborn babe, another than a house. But they weren't Bethlehem. Because if you follow the story, remember, he was born eight days. They went to Jerusalem, had him circumcised. But remember when they came the next time, it's 40 days. Because any woman that broke up the womb, they're supposed to dedicate the child. So we know they're at Bethlehem for at least a few months before this takes place. Because he went back. and So as we follow a timeline, he originally came out of Nazareth, went to Bethlehem. And they ended up back in Nazareth, full circle. God just had to move them over here, do his work. Going back to Nazareth, and he's going to be called a Nazarene. But technically, not a Nazarene because you're from the city. What most people confuse is a Nazarite. They're different. They're not the same thing. The Nazarite's a vow. It's a promise you make. You dedicate yourself. You, you set yourself apart. Jesus wasn't a Nazarite in that sense, although he did fulfill. He fulfilled, he, he fulfilled all the law. But anyway, back to 11. They came into the house. Verse 11, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child would marry his mother and fell down and worshipped her. Oh, that must be the Dewey Ring Bible, I'm sorry. And they worshipped him. You know the Catholics, and I'll blast them, I'll blast the Pope till whenever, but you love them because they're sinners. They're just no different than Baal worship. But this mother-child worship, if you, follow, if you read through Genesis and followed Nimrod and all that came up out of Babylon, they started that. Why? Well, the stars had it. They knew. The devil imitates everything. And this mother-child worship is nothing new. Isis and all the... We just follow all through Egypt. You know, even Egypt, the Zodiac, they had the same story. They got the same prophecy. That's how they try to change the stars nowadays. They act like it didn't happen. They, they have star charts from the tombs, from the tombs, 4,000 B.C., that actually spell out what I'm telling you. But see, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child would marry his mother and fell down and worshipped him, not her. They worshipped him. And that's who we're to worship. We don't worship the mother. Now, they turn it into a cult and run it that way, so we're not going to go down that road. But this is what they had. And they opened their treasures, and they presented unto him gold, Gold. They presented them gifts. You know, Isaiah 60 fulfills this little verse. It says they will come from these. They will bring them gifts. They will bring them gold. They're going to, they're going to bring them the exact same thing they're saying right here. God says the Gentiles are going to come. And if you know the millennial reign, that's all the Gentiles. The isles of the sea. Everyone's going to be gathered to worship our Lord. There's their, that one went ahead. We'll stay here. That's a path they left. We get there. But see, they brought gold. Gold was for a king. Psalm 24 7 tells us that they're going to bring gold to Jesus. They're going to bring him the gold. Prince of the Sheba. Some, are, some of these prophecies you see are fulfilled right now. Most of them had that second meaning where the prophecies Christ fulfilled them, but they're pointing to in that day, in the latter days, towards the millennium. But he's gold. Why? Because gold was for a king. Gold was always for kings. They brought him frankincense. Frankincense was a priest. God tell us how to make it. And if we see that, we see Jesus is our priest. He is our high priest. Psalm 110, remember, thou art a priest forever. But the Bible also says he's our king and our priest. There's only one person who never does that. All through the law, they're always separate. The kings were the kings, and the priests were the priests. And if you try to earn a mantle, just ask Josiah what happened to him when he tried to play priest and king at the same time. 
uh-uh. Only one person can do that. That's Jesus. And he smote him right there on the spot. If you remember in Isaiah, you know, King Uzziah. So he brought frankincense. So these men are bringing these gifts that God prophesied were going to be brought to him and offered to him. But see, gold is for a king. Frankincense is for the priest, for the law, and myrrh. Myrrh is always for death. Myrrh is the sweet-smelling agony. But myrrh is always attributed to death. Remember when Joseph, when they're going to wrap the body, aloes and myrrh and spices. So even now, as these wise men come under the Lord, they see he is a king, he's our priest, and he's going to die. Now, we're going to have to stop off and finish here, but see, it ends after this when they presented their gifts and the gold. Now what happened? See, when you worship God, God's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. Verse 12, and being warned of God. What has God warned you of and you haven't listened? Now, I don't know if God talked to you in a dream. Sometimes he talks to the preachers. Sometimes you'd be reading. Do you heed God's warning? As we come to Christ this time of year, do you being warned that you should not do something, but you should do something else, go another way? Maybe there's someone in your life. You're supposed to be heading one way, but you're not. You're going the wrong way. But see, this is the time of year, and again, there's just so much I'd love to get into. Told you a two-part series. But see, these wise men knew what no one else knew. And they were magi. Again, normally we'd judge them. Don't judge nobody. See, again, a magician, a sorcerer, soothsayers, all these evil people. But see, these men knew the stars. They saw the message in the stars. They knew from Daniel. But see, one thing you never read about these wise men, they never quote the Bible, not even once. They need someone else to give them the verse. So where do they get their knowledge? Again, the stars. The heavens do declare the glory of the Lord, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Night unto night, there is no language or speech that they are not understood. See, God reveals his glory. That's how you say, well, how do get saved? I never heard the name of Jesus. Well, God's bigger than me. And he did it in the Old Testament, and you've seen many a people. We'll go get back Zacharias, the priest waiting for Jesus. You know, the Bible says the Holy Ghost was upon him. God would put his spirit upon people. God would save who he needs to save. And he will lead them and guide them. And we're going to have to lead and guide ourselves into the next chapter. And maybe I can finish this another time. But I'd encourage you, read the gospel story. Read, the, read this for yourself. And every time you see an apostrophe, stop. Remember the Bible says, Sila. Sila means think a minute. Meditate. Meditate is chew the cud, they call it. Cow, you just chew it and just keep chewing it. So when you read this, you read the story, stop and think about these people and play. How many are in hell right now? The chief priests in the world. Remember the chief priests? We got no king but Caesar. Oh, they were were in line with Herod all the way up until the time of his death. See, the people, well, we know the people. Let his blood be upon us, they tell us on this crucifixion. The people said, let his blood be upon us and our children. A horrible verse, but not for this time of year. For this time of year, we have peace, goodwill, and joy upon earth. And I thank you for your time and your moment. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask. But for the moment, let's love the Lord. Let's forget about Herod government, the politics, just all the drama. And right now, we come together to worship the king. What have you been? Will you visit Jesus? And that was the title of this. 
Herod wouldn't get up. The chief priest wouldn't get up. The people wouldn't get up. Took the outsiders. Took a peculiar people to actually get up, get the church. To actually get up out of your bed and walk for Jesus. And then when you got there, what did you give them? What did you give Jesus today? Oh, you see you got some coins in the bottom of your pocket, tipping the offering? Nah, that's not giving to Jesus. You start with your heart. But you end up with your money. See, they gave gold for anything. It cost them. You know, it costs something to be a Christian. Because if it doesn't, then what is your salvation worth to you? It costs the Lord his life. He came unto his own, his own received him not. No one not. No one's going to be rejected and hated, despised of men. But before the joy that was set before him, he came, suffered his birth, suffered in flesh, gave up the eternity to put himself in a little body for you and for me. Let's close. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you.